This episode's brought to you by Notorious Fire Company. Firefighter-owned and operated, Notorious Fire Company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service. Whether it's your stainless steel water bottles, tumblers, four-in-one koozies, you can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs. They offer so very much from apparel to swag to stickers. They got you covered. Check them out at NotoriousFire.com. That's N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, NotoriousFire.com. And check them out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotoriousFire. And this month with the podcast, if you use coupon code Fire Radio June 2023. That is Fire Radio June 2023. You'll get free shipping on all orders within the U.S. So check them out, NotoriousFire.com. Lenny and the crew, they're making great stuff. And I have to tell you, with the summer upon us, the sticker packs are out of control. You got everything from Star Wars to pinups and everything in between. Slap them on your beer fridges, your coolers, and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with Notorious Fire. A good supporter and longtime friend. We're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code FIREADIOJUNE2023 for free shipping all across the U.S. This week's episode of The Size Up by National Fire Radio discusses sensitive topics such as mental health, disease, and suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please reach out for help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is your friend Pip here on the Size Up by National Fire Radio. I think one day I'm going to have like a guest host and it'll be so different because when you hear the opening, it's not going to be me saying it's Pip. Like I'll be like, it'll be like, it's Taylor from Taylor's Tins or I'm definitely not going to have Jeremy. Definitely not going to have Jeremy. Maybe we'll get Seb. Seb, the producer to come out from behind the hidden wall that he doesn't sit at because he's not here in my house right now, but his, his editing studio and come out. But what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in again this week on your Tuesday uh, morning, evening, or actually whatever day you're listening. We just released on Tuesday. This is episode 27, and I'm super stoked to have a good friend of mine. And I think we're going to trace back our friendship probably to start this off, but she runs an amazing not-for-profit called Suffer With Friends. They just dropped their 2023 summer fitness event that anyone can do. And we're going to talk a lot about that. But Jess, what's going on tonight? How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. And I did want to just clarify, I don't officially have 501c3 status. Um, Sorry, so, my bad. No, bad no, research, no, Pip. You can yell at Pip. No, all good. Bad. All good. I think it's just because we raise so much money for organizations, but the way we do it, um, allows all the organizations themselves to benefit and not necessarily myself, but yes, we do hold all these events and things like that. So just one piece of clarification. Cool. Well, that is a big piece of clarification. So let's, before we even go down that road, cause now you want to talk about not-for-profits and I may know a little bit about running a not-for-profit, just a very little bit though. Don't, I'm not trying to say I'm an expert at it at all, but so you don't have not-for-profit status, which for anyone listening, um, to be an, an official not-for-profit and raise money for yourself, not you personally. Let's get this clear. Not you personally. So Pip, 
not PIP, but for the not-for-profit, in order to turn that money into helping others, uh, you apply with the federal government for 501c3 status. But what you do with Suffer With Friends is you raise money for other organizations, right? Essentially. Yeah. So the money never comes directly to me. I learned my lesson the first year with having that happen. <laughs> um, so like, for example, we raised, well, we'll get into it, but we raised like over 9,000 just ourselves the first year and then street parking matched that. Um, so it looked like I made $18,000 oh, <laughs> and um, th that wasn't because that was an all, it was all the donations. So I got pretty screwed <laughs> my first year of that happening. Um, so now instead of uh, any of the donation stuff, it just goes, I make a page on the specific organization site okay. and they donate directly there. And then of course I pay taxes and stuff like that on the apparel of whatever, like everyone, I don't, I mean, I'm sure, you know, with like apparel, everyone thinks that you make so much money when you sell apparel Best and, business to be in ever. and half the time it's like, just let me break even. I lose money every single time because I recognize, you know, the, the state that we're in right now and everything. And I don't even charge appropriately for shipping. Like it's uh, because Shipping is the worst. Like it's so like this. Okay. So again, I, I, this is why I love the size up because we talk about all kinds of different stuff and we've, I've had guests in the past that run small businesses and we talk about these things and, and people don't realize that. And like you were saying, you know, you got into suffer with friends to help others really to, to tell your story and just help other people. And so oh, let me help more people and let me do this. And you, I would imagine it went very fast in the beginning and there's some things you don't even realize could happen. And it's a really big business lesson, right? Yeah, I um, inevitably have like gone into debt for, for supper with friends. Um, just like, yeah, like I said, I don't charge appropriately for shipping because, you know, through like the site and everything, you can set up shipping zones. Mm -hmm. And it would just, it honestly probably wouldn't take that much time. But because I am a one person show, the majority of the time, like I have a really great group of friends that like chip in and help, but in terms of like the actual parts of it, like it's all me. Um, I don't necessarily want to field complaints from people to be like, well, why my, why is my shipping like $10? And then like another person's shipping is like $7, you know? So it's like, I just charge. You live on an island. That's why it's $10 yeah. and not $7. And like, I think people don't recognize the whole like first class versus priority shipping. And like, if it is over a certain weight, we can't even, you're not allowed to send it through the cheaper, cheaper shipping option that will take like three weeks to get you to you. Believe me, we, I would love to do that anyway. Um, so yeah, that's just the point of clarity. I actually considered doing 501c3 this year, um, or at last year I ended up just being like, um, again, I do have this amazing friend group and, um, I don't know necessarily how much bigger it can get. I hate advertising. Like I love these events. I hate that I'm basically advertising every single day and that people probably get like so exhausted of it. And they're probably so happy <laughs> when the event is over because my stories aren't like me, like constantly saying like, sign up, sign register, up, sign up, sign up. Yeah. register now yeah. because you have to tell people, you have to tell me, like literally you have to tell me 18 times before I actually just click on that link and go and register for your event. Like, I think I can't, I know I missed it. I know I haven't done it every year that I've known you. I'm not going to, I know that's for sure, but I know that when I've registered, it's probably been on like the night before it was actually going to happen because it's just the way 
we are yeah. sometimes, right? Like, and, and that's why I do it so early, like three to three weeks to a full month in advance of the event to just like build up. It also allows me a larger amount of time to like do all the, um, the resources and everything that I would like to do. So it's, it's been honestly really great. Um, but yeah, I, I assume people think like, I'm like street park. Like, I don't know how much street parking makes with their apparel, but I imagine they have to make a tiny bit of profit considering how much they sell. <laughs> I would hope but- they do. I hope they do. If um, not, we'll have a talk with them. I'll get them on the podcast. Yeah. I could have a talk with them about it. <laughs> half the time, I'm just hoping I break even. That's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like every time I have to put in two, $300 in shipping to refund the shipping every time, you know, um, I like always do the math because it's like, you know, let's just say like before at the very beginning, um, you know, apparel like didn't go crazy in terms of like price increases and shipping increases and stuff like that. And so like you could sell a $25 shirt and bake the shipping into it and still have like one to $2 left over after whatever, you know, and that could still cover your, um, your bags, the stickers that I throw in for free, the labels, you know, like all those different things, but apparel costs themselves now and printing has increased dramatically along with shipping and along with, uh, you know, all the other things. So it's like, I just moved up the prices because I was like, I just need to break even <laughs> at this point, you know, it's a so. really big deal too. And, you know, I, I, I was, I, I consider five, five, five really fortunate, uh, because we've, as we're in our 10th year now. So when we started, you know, social media was just starting to kick off. So there was no such things as paying for social media. And, the tri-blend shirt that everyone loves now, you know, when, when you made that switch from, and there was a hundred percent cotton and then there was kind of like a tech fit, but then yep. that tri-blend appeared on the scene. It was right around that time too. And no one had it dialed in yet that you could probably charge a lot more for this shirt. So in the beginning, we were able to do really well on t-shirts where again, if we did the same thing today, and it's why we don't do apparel for 555 right now, because it's just, we'd be charging you so much money and pretty much breaking even like you're saying so it's yeah. one stressor and it's interesting too that we're talking about stressors as we're, we're talking about this this whole topic what is suffer with friends Let, let's start there again let's jump back a little bit from not being a 501c3 but my <laughs> first question was going to be what is suffer with friends yeah so um I did cross, I've done CrossFit since 2011. It was your typical kind of thing, right? Where, I mean, it's not your typical thing. Let me, let me back up. I've been overweight my entire life and I did sports in high school and then I went to college and then I got my PhD and I was woefully like inactive my entire like early adult life. Um, I had tried, I remember specifically, I went to retro fitness and I hired a, trainer and spent $6,000 on her and she left and I couldn't get my money back. Oh. Um, and at that point in time, it was summer 2011. And I was like, uh, I think I'm just done trying to work out. <laughs> like, and I remember she was telling me like, you know, like 1100 calories, like to have tuna, chicken, lettuce, like that's it. Like nothing, like n- nothing else. And I was just like, you know, I I'm, I'm done. My one friend from high school, um, they reached out to me and they had their own weight loss journey. And they said to me, you know, like, I, Hey, I want to try this 
um, gym off of Grubhub. Remember Grubhub? Not Grubhub. Um, Stubhub, not Stubhub. Groupon. 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 Yeah, yeah. That, well, that was an initial CrossFit gym. If a CrossFit yes. gym opened back in the day, you got a Groupon so you could yes. go. <laughs> um, called CrossFit Aspire. And I remember going there and they were already more fit because they were had started their weight loss journey and they were doing kettlebells and lifting and stuff like that. And um, I distinctly remember the workout was front squat for like three or five. And then it, I think it was literally only an AMRAP 12 of like front squats and burpees. Okay. I say only, I know that's still a terrible workout if you do it correctly, but like, I was just like, oh, 12 minutes, like it's no big deal. So we, you do a warm up, and um, I remember I had to sit down at the front of the gym during the warm up because you know, I love the, I love old school CrossFit where it's like, you're in these warehouses and it's super hot and you have the big ass fan there and everything. So it's like, it was July. I was absolutely in 2011. There were no fans. There were definitely no fans. And unless you went to really bougie CrossFit, I don't think Aspire was bougie at that point. There might not have been a fan. If it was, it was small. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I like, liked it and I don't know why I just kind of did. Um, so I signed up and then I really didn't start going uh, until probably like nine months in, I would go maybe once or twice a month and get so discouraged. Like, obviously if you only do something like cross it, like once or twice a month, of course, it's going to be discouraging. Do you know what I mean? And then I remember they were, they had one, one, one coach there named Nilda who, uh, how do you feel about cursing on here? You could totally curse. Okay. Um, was fucking fantastic basically. <laughs> And, uh, I remember she would, she would coach Tuesday and Thursday nights at six 30. And so that kind of became like my go-to class and, um, you know, Festivus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, so like they had across the Aspire held that, that one year. And, um, I remember I was just trying to train for it. And the third workout was 800 meter run, um, 15 dead, 15 deadlifts, 800 meter run, 15 deadlifts. Okay. And. I was like, and the time cap, I think was like, or fifth, like, I think, yeah, 800 meter. I think it was like 13 minutes or something like that or 12 minutes, something, something like that. And I was just like, I can't do this. I remember like I would test it and I was like, I'm so tired. Like, there's no way this still stands as a memory for me. And I was the last one to finish in the heat. You had to do two, four hundreds essentially. I came running, you remember if you've been to the gym, so like, like you ran off the street into the big parking lot, into the, to the, um, the opening. And all I hear is this like roar of people and Diva, if you know, Diva Richards, if you, if you, if you remember her, she was the MC. And I remember I get there and everyone is literally counting rep for rep. And I just see people like crying all around the perimeter. And I was just like, wow, you know, like that's, that's cross it, you know? So, um, that was like life-changing along with, you know, doing the typical paleo challenges and stuff like that. And I really gained a really wonderful community. Um, as you all know, as people who are in CrossFit know, and, uh, it's not always the most profitable. Um, and I think like a little bit of like, like, you know, like it just happens and, um, they had to close, you know, in, uh, October, 2018, which was really sad, you know? Um, I, I built a great community there. I still like all the best people in my life right now come from that. So how Suffer with Friends essentially came up was uh, um, Alicia is my best friend. She owned, co-owned CrossFit Aspire with Justin. And I remember we would like just do like workouts together outside of class at the gym. 
And I came at it from like a negative perspective where I was like, Hey, Alicia, I was like, I think maybe if we post, if I make like a separate Instagram account and show that like, Hey, you and I are working out together and like, you're super fit and really, really thin and in shape. And I'm not like, it can show other people that you can work out with other people who are various shapes and sizes and still do the same thing. The worst that it's such a big, no, but that's (laughs) such a big thing because again, for me and, and I've said this numerous times and I'll say it again, I'm not a stud athlete. I'm just someone that works out a lot. I have people that are like, I can't work out like you. And I'm like, you can, we'll figure out a way for you to, you know what I mean? Like we, we're going to work out together no matter what. And, and you're going to get into the suffer with friends and, but that's it. That's what got you on that path or got yeah. you into that. Right. Was, was you and Alicia. And just in case, if you ever want to come to my gym, uh, part of the rig from Aspire is actually in my garage. Oh, really? I bought, nice. I bought the rig when they closed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just like, I mentioned that to her and I was like, she's like, well, do you think you're going to go to another affiliate? Like, what do you like, you know, at that time, everything, every, everyone was starting to come out with their own programming. Right. And so I had followed Miranda and Molly for like the longest time. And I said, you know, I think I want to try to give street parking, um, a try. And, um, I was like, I want to have this account where I know that I am less likely to bail on a workout if I, I if, cause I'm not going to go over to my phone and stop it from recording because I'm gonna feel like a piece of shit <laughs> it's kind of like negative uh reinforcement or whatever so um I remember in September I was like telling a couple people I was like yeah well, like I think it'd be like really cool to just like drop by randomly with pe- people's houses like with dumbbells and be like let's do a workout and like that was like a really big pipe dream um and I was remember trying to like figure out like how what did I want to call it and um I, I remember I, I think I came up with like terrible like suffer with friends isn't a great name but like i i came with other terrible terrible versions of it and it was like too dark and my friends are like this is too depressing and i was like you can't like they can't be, be like can't that. So, that you can't be this depressing in your workout yeah place. so came up with suffer with friends started street parking i believe october 6th of 2018 and i, I was pretty sure that i was going to be like two weeks in and be like i can't do this i can't work out at other friends houses in their driveways um, and then, I mean, for street parking, uh, um, I'm trying to say like for the good of street parking or whatever, uh, they were still small at that time. Yeah, um, yep. And, uh, he like, like, I remember Miranda, Julian and Molly, like commented on one of my videos and I was just like, what? I was like, like, I'm just this little person. No, I'm not a little person physically, but I'm like, I'm just this little thing out here living in South Jersey. And like, you're commenting on my shit. Like what? Um, and, uh, so that initially just started as a way to keep myself accountable. That was when Miranda had reached out to me to become a camp counselor for street parking. And I was like, dude, I've only been in this community for three months. And like, I mean, nothing to people. Really? Like, I thought you were there forever when I met you that, or when like we met there again, cause we had met prior, but then when we met at camp, I figured you were just there. I don't know. I just figured it was a lot longer. Yeah, no, it was only like three months. And I was just like, dude, I was like, I feel like there's probably other people that you can reach out to that probably would deserve it way more. And she's like, no, she's like, like, like let's do it. Uh, and then um, I started talking a tiny bit more just about mental health because I was 
going through a couple different rough periods during that time. I think the gym closing hit me a lot harder than I thought it would because it was my place of consistency. It was the place I saw people every day. Um, I would literally be there from 4.30 to 7.30 multiple days a week. Um, and I, and I think like certain things that I hadn't necessarily dealt with, um, when I was younger, cause I had some mental health stuff when I was younger, which I'll get into, um, just started creeping back up. And, uh, that's when I went to street parking summer camp in New York and I, I saw you again. Um, and it was really, um, it was really life-changing, honestly. Um, I still keep in contact with a lot of those people. Um, and I remember the whole, like I had explained before the friends don't let friends suffer alone. And originally that tagline was merely just about working out. <laughs> like I'm going to be last. You motherfuckers can't just like leave me out here by myself to die. Like, so like, you know, be out here. And then I think it morphed into the whole mental health aspect. Um, so that's kind of like the start of it. Um, I guess before I delve into deeper, did you have questions about that? No, or... I mean, you told it very well, right? Because you, you, you've you laid this in and it sounds like to me too, because what a lot of people found, especially in the CrossFit community, but you find it in all fitness communities, whether it be now street parking for, for us again, um, you know, I had it with five, 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 I've had it with other, uh, like group gyms that I've gone to and group workouts and in the running community, the triathlon community, although the triathlon community was not as welcoming as all these other yeah. ones, right? there, people on their bikes were really mean. Like I was yeah, that's like, here actually, dude, I was like, I swear I'm, I'm, I'm like as far right as I can't get any more right. Or I'm going to be in the grass. Why are you yelling at me? You're way over there. I'm trying to pedal. Look at my little legs. Yeah. Uh, but you find this community, right? And, and this community is, is this group of people that, like you said, you suffer with. And mm -hmm. I feel like when we suffer together in a workout, that bond grows even more. And oh, yeah. Right now, my community is my family, is, is my wife, Tracy, Finn, and Dex. You know, we do one family vault workout a week for sure. Um, although Finn is now in the gym with me because of lacrosse three days a week, which is awesome to have him out there. So I'm not alone, alone as much. Um, when you make that community and you learn about each other and you learn about your suffering and or you learn while you're suffering, I should say, you're not learning about your suffering. So it sounds to me like you found that community and maybe you didn't have it so much before CrossFit Aspire, right? Oh yeah. I would say I would, everyone, well, most people would describe me as a person that like everyone gets along with. Um, I'm like, fun to be around, whatever. You are fun to be around. I've been around, but <laughs> you are fun to be around. But I've always felt like I never fit in. I always felt like in, I, I didn't like in high school, I guess I had best, a best friend or whatever, but I always felt like I would be like bobbing in and out of groups, but I didn't have a group. Like I didn't feel like anything was my own. Um, I later figured out in my late twenties as to why that feeling <laughs> happened. Um, but yeah, I never, I never had a group of people that kind of just accepted me for who I am now and didn't necessarily care to wait to like see who I would be because they would still would accept that version too. Yeah. And you know, I think when it comes to something that, and I love street parking for this and, and I will say this forever is, is that scaling end of the workout, right? Because you could be next to a Miranda or a Julian or a Molly in a workout, you know, these elite level athletes when it comes to fitness as a sport. 
and you're doing the same workouts as them, but you've just changed it a little bit. So they may be doing squats with weight and you're doing air squats or squats to a box or, um, you know, in, in any way of like that. And, and I've worked out with them uh, a few more, more times than I probably would like. And sometimes I try to keep up and it didn't really work well for me anyways. Like I tried to relive my glory days, but you still have that group and you still have that respect level because you may not be doing the same thing, but you're doing it together. Um, and I think that's a, a huge part of the community that, that you've started to, to grow into, right? Yeah. And I love what Spieler says uh, when I believe it says our, our, um, our needs differ in degree, not in kind, right? Like I love, I, I, um, I love that about him, which speaks to the whole, like, yeah, we're still going to do a version of, of a squat. We might not do it as heavy. We might not do it, you know, uh, like we might have like a box to or squat into and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, so it like, and that kind of really, um, set up a, a really great like foundation for me. Um, and then like a year before the gym closed, I was hiking, um, in Tammany. You, you've, have you been to Mount Tammany? I have been. Yes. And you know how effing rocky it is, you Very know, well. on, on the, dec- on the descent. So I'm um, not a fan of Tammany, let's say, because the first time I took her there, we didn't know how rocky it was. And she's like, I hate you. I think she was pregnant, actually. Like, oh, God, that's terrible. We, had, we oh. like ran out of water. It was a bad hike that day, let's say. Well, I was so nervous that I was going to fall. And we were literally probably 400 meters away from the car. And I'm just like walking with Alicia and we're talking and everything. And I remember I tripped and my and I fell and my knee hit a rock. But it wasn't like a huge rock. And I like, I was almost like with your, like, if you're, you're, my left leg was behind me and I had my right leg out and she's just like, ouch, that looked like it hurt. And she's like, you good? And I said, oh, we're not sure. And I pulled my leg out from underneath me and there was a huge pool of blood at the knee. And she's like, oh, she's like, just, she's like, roll up the leg, the knee. She's like, I'll get the first aid kit out. She's like, well, let's put a bandaid on it. You'll be good. And then I, oh, I pulled it up and my knee was split open. <laughs> So like, you could see the fat down and everything like that. And so, you know, I, we always talk about how it was like, um, when your, your kid, like a kid like falls and they're like waiting for your reaction to see like how they should respond. And I was just like, and and she's like, it's okay. Like she went into like full parent mode, which we still talk about to this day, which I was like super impressed by, uh, anyway, had to go, um, to the hospital, uh, to, to get stitched up and stuff. And I remember I had like a, an allergic reaction to some sort of antibiotic and they're like, okay, well, Keflex, um, which is also like cephalexin also has uh, little traces of this, but we're going to give it to you as a little bit of a dose right now, just to see like, if you have a reaction to it, because the thing that you are react or allergic to is so small in here. And like, we need to give you this really big antibiotic to make sure you don't have any like crap, whatever. And so I think they gave me like 15 milligrams and they're like, oh, you're good. Like, we're just going to prescribe this to you. Um, this is just a correlation kind of thing. I don't know necessarily, but anyway, they came, I had to take it for the next five days and I had to take it four times a day. Okay. And I think it ended up being like 200 milligrams in one day. And I remember like by the third day, I just felt super off, like super off and like not of my body and also super depressed. And I was supposed to go out for a friend's birthday dinner. And I was, I just got super, like I I retreated. I like stopped answering people's texts and I started getting super scared because I was like, 
I'm thinking things right now that I should not be thinking. And I finally told someone late at like 11 o'clock because they're like, it's not like, it's not like you to miss out on a birthday dinner for somebody like what's going on. And I told them and they got me through the night. And then like, once it cleared out of my system, I felt a lot better. And I looked it up and like one of the rare side effects of that is suicidal thoughts. <laughs> um, and so now it's like, so like that happened and I, I had told Alicia at that time and she's like, you know, you mentioned a couple months ago when you were feeling really stressed out that you were going to look into a therapist. Um, you know, is there, is, do you think that's something worthwhile doing? So I ended up getting somebody, which in and of itself is a whole other conversation. I was so lucky um, because I mentioned it to my PCP. And honestly, for her, um, I love nurse practitioners as PCPs, by the way. Uh, and so I remember I had called her and I left a like a voicemail for her or whatever. And she called me back, like super concerned. She's like, are you okay? She's like, is, and I was just like, I think I just need some extra help. And she's like, here's, here's a recommendation. And I called and um, I managed to get in like in a couple weeks. So by the time I got to camp, I was in therapy. And then um, I was turning 30 that June, 2019 at the end of the month. And by that time I had recognized some things in me that would lead to like a depressive episode. So a lot of the times so were these were those things that you recognized were happening now or that had happened in the past and now you're putting that core at 30 you're kind of putting the correlation together of you know your mental health let's say both in okay. a sense so like um uh so like i have i'm like so i'm adopted i was adopted when i was 6 months old and there's been like records that like i hadn't been like I was essentially left alone in a crib for the first six months of my life. And I only saw someone like for 10 minutes a day. Okay. So like, that would be like some random dude, like picking me up and like holding me for like 10 minutes. And then like, they, he just walked around to each crib <laughs> and okay. then just me down. And that's not great for attachment. <laughs> you find out. Right? not. We've learned now in life. Hopefully we're not doing that anywhere. <laughs> anyone. Um, and I feel like that also has to do with like my physical health and why I was so overweight. My mom was like, yeah, you came over here. We were, you were told, we were told you were six months and you were like the size of an 18 month old because, um, I was just left in the crib with like crushed up Cheerios in a bottle. And like, there's pictures of me just like trying to like, <laughs> trying to eat it from the bottle. Um, so anyway, like, uh, I had these. I, I feel less ashamed about them now, but like I, I constantly had these feelings of abandonment and um, fear of abandonment. And um, it, it was why I kind of could never get any, like close to anybody. Uh, and I would always be the, of the mindset, let me leave you before I leave, you leave me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, so I, uh, during in June, I recognized from doing some work in therapy that some, one of the triggers for a depressive episode for me is if, if it's like when I'm really, really stressed about something. Um, and then I kind of like forget all of my other coping mechanisms because I'm just so stressed out. Um, at that time, I was working for a company uh, where I was severe, severely overworked. It was a toxic culture. Um, I remember I'd be working like 16 hour days trying to figure out something. I, I work in with data. So I'm like a data engineer now, but back then I was an analyst and uh, 
it was not the best time. So I was one tired, two eating poorly, <laughs> um, three not sleeping well and still working out, which is probably like, I probably should have backed off the intensity, but I had recognized that. And I remember in therapy, you know, we had talked about meditation, journaling, treating your body well, and then like reaching out. Um, and I recognize that those types of mechanisms might not be the same for everyone else, but that's what I have in my toolbox. And I remember a particular weekend, I was like, okay, I need to make plans with a different group of people every single day this weekend, because I need to be around people. And that Friday night, I saw my friends, Pat and Linnea that Saturday. Um, I had done something with another group of friends. It might've been Taylor, Taylor and Andrea. And I believe that Sunday, Alicia held a workout with a couple people at Cooper river and Caitlin was there. And Oh, Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Caitlin. And I remember like, I was still so depressed. Like, I would be working out next to these people and I was just like, it was like the last place I wanted to be. But I was like, you're going to feel better after this. I was like, that's what's going to, this is what, this is it. Like, you're going to feel better. And I remember I got home, I ate lunch and I just crawled back into bed and I just started crying. And, um, I felt pathetic. I was like, I'm in so much pain right now and no one can comprehend that and it was to the point where it was a very physical pain where I felt just like this gnawing away at my stomach um but not like in a way like where you feel it but it's just like there's just like something within something within me that just didn't feel right and I was like, like just, when you were on the meds like that's something that didn't feel right right like yeah. recognition of because you had said before about recognizing triggers and, and your work in therapy so that's what you were doing as much as your outward appearance was of okay inside you were taking that time to recognize these things yeah and I was just like something's not right and I was like I'm I just want to sleep because I don't want to be in this pain anymore and I remember I had to, like, like at that time I was, uh, I had only go, like, it was mostly a remote position. So I only had to go in like once or twice a week. And, um, I was just like, I don't know how this is going to work every day. I woke up and I was like, today's going to be better. <laughs> like, cause it had never lasted this long before. Um, and by the, the, the full duration of it was three weeks and it was the longest three weeks of my fucking life. And, um, I remember it was the week of my birthday. My birthday is June 29th and my friends were throwing me a birthday party and um, Alicia and Megan were the ones organizing it. And they were like, do we, do we still hold the party? <laughs> they were like, we don't want to like, <laughs> we don't want to force her to, to go. Um, and for their, you know, for them, they were, they were, they're like, you just tell us, like, we think it's still good to have, but if it's honestly something that you don't want, like, we won't have it. And in my head, I was just like, I can't believe you're even fucking asking me this. I can't see past the next hour right now. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to get there. And, um, if you, if you watch, if you're, if you see, if you follow several of my friends, I work out with Nikki a lot. And I love Nikki to death. Um, she has a family, you know? And so like that Monday she's, we, we were talking and she's just like, 
you know, like, I'm going to check in with you. Um, she's like, I, I love you, but I, you know, like I also have my family here that, so I might not be able to help you in the way that you need right away, but she's mm-hmm. like, I will make sure that there is someone there. So that night I had come home and it it was still terrible. I remember like the day before I had like talked to Alicia and it was still terrible. And, um, I, I like, it got so bad that like, I remember I went to my one other friend's house at like 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, I was like, can I just talk to you? I was like, I just, I just, I don't know what I need, but I think I just need to talk to somebody. And it was very scary. Like, I can't imagine I mean, I have been in that situation where other people have said certain things to me, but like, I know it's a scary place for the other person to be in when you have someone who is deeply upset in a lot of pain. And I remember I just like fell over on her couch and started like crying hysteric, not like hysterically, but I was like soul crying because I was just like, I just want the pain to stop. I don't know what's going on. Da, 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 da. I just feel this deep sadness. I think I was there for like 45 minutes. I told Nikki I was going over. And my friend, I felt, felt terrible because she felt like she didn't do anything. And I was like, I think I just needed that ball to get rowing, rolling in terms of like being able to like express like this guttural thing. And I had told Nikki and um, she's like, okay. She's like, I am checking, I'm calling you tomorrow morning to, to, to see how this goes. And she's like, and I'm going to text one of your friends because we're all friends with each other. And Andrea, um, it, uh, Andrea texted me and she's like, Hey, I'm just checking in on you. She's like, you know, she's like, do you want me to come over? She's like, we don't even have to talk, but she's like, I would really love it if you let me just sleep on your couch. And she's like, and then in the morning we can get breakfast. Then she's like, and we can talk then if you'd like. Everything's better with breakfast. She's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but she's like, I would really like to just stay over. And I was like, you don't have to stay over. I'm going to be fine. And she's like, well, how about I just come over and we just hang out for a tiny bit. And I was like, no, like, you don't need to do that. I'm like, maybe we'll get breakfast tomorrow. Like I'll, I'll text you in the morning. And she's like, I'm just going to come over. And she's like, you don't have to talk to me, but she's like, I'm just going to be there. And she came over at that time I was living in a studio and um, I just like, let it all out and I see still see myself sitting on my bed crying hysterically talking about the pain saying no one understands like it would just be such an easier way for me to just go right now um I'd be less of a burden um like this is so hard for other people like no one's gonna want to deal with it uh you know I like all those things and it was like two o'clock in the morning and I had like felt like the weight of the world had come off my shoulders. It's a lot to dump on someone, by the way, I will just say, I know, like I say, like, it's not like you, like you should like when you're in that moment, you shouldn't worry about. It. And obviously I didn't, but like, it is like a lot of you, like you have to also be in, in your, in, in a good mindset to be able to help somebody. And just because you might not be at the time does not mean you're doing anything wrong. It's just that you're also recognizing your mental health, which is great too. Um, so uh the next day I just felt like like I felt the light came back and not completely 
but like small bits and pieces. But were it coming. was that better day that you were looking for that tomorrow is going to be better. And now you were able to do that. And it yeah. sounds like it was Andrea, right? Because you're throwing yeah. out names. I should have written them all down. As I'm no, going. no, you're fine. You know, I don't, do you, do you know, I guess you couldn't see then, but I'm sure you see now what she was doing for you or to help you with what she was saying by like, let me come over and sleep over. No, I don't want you to sleep over. Well, let me just come over. Like, let me just do this. You know, and that's that type of person that is really there for someone else. You know, that's in my mind, that's suffer with friends besides the workout, right? She was telling you, I'm coming over to suffer with you and you're not going to tell me no. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't just show up. You know what I mean? Like, just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's been other times where she has just like showed up because, because of that. But yes, that's also how the, the phrase morphed into, because it's like, get like, you you don't have to be alone in this. You know what I mean? And I think the thing people struggle with when it comes to mental health as a, like, as being the person that someone goes to is that we are so uncomfortable with pain we're so uncomfortable with anything that's not just being like your happy-go-lucky self like and I remember when in 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 therapy I after I had gotten an appointment with her I had already had a scheduled appointment with her like after my birthday and she was like you need an under the blanket friend and she's like there's this comic where this person that's sitting under a blanket on the couch and a friend comes over and they're like you want to get dinner? And they're like, no. And they said, uh, you want to go to a movie? He said, no. Do you want to play a game? No. And the f- person just keeps sinking deeper and deeper into the blanket. The friend goes away in the comic, they come back and they said, do you just want me to sit with you? And the other friend's like, and so she's like, you needed an under the blanket friend. And it's really difficult for for people to be able to sit with somebody when they're in so much pain or when they're feeling so much anxiety because all we want to do is be a fixer. We want to we want to provide solutions. And um a lot of the times the people that I mean just for myself like I fucking know that I need to solve this. <laughs> like do you know what I mean? Like I just need to know in that moment that like someone else cares. That I'm being acknowledged that like yo, what you're feeling really fucking sucks right now and I'm going to be here for you while you're going through it um and so that's where I've I've learned a couple different things from this one if I'm about to vent to somebody I'll try to be like hey how are you right now are you in a good mindset to be able to listen to me because it gives them the opportunity to be like not this moment but can we talk later and then two if someone comes to me to talk I say do you want a solution or do you want me to just listen that is one of my favorite lines. I use that on uh, Mrs. Pip all the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. It's do you want me to solve your problem or do you want me to listen to your problem? Or I should mm-hmm. I should say help solve your problem because that is such a big line to use. And in my community of emergency responders, you said it. We are fixers, right? I want to fix everything. I fix problems that I go to. You call. You have a problem. You call me. I come and I fix it, and then I leave. It's it's the best part of my job. Is I get to leave, right? But when you deal with a friend having a mental health crisis, or again, if we're having a mental health crisis ourselves, that fix is not always there. But sometimes you don't need that fix. You just need to listen. And I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. And like, sometimes, God, I remember like I had certain conversations with some friends and not that they would brush it off, but they would kind of just be like, I think this is just something you need to talk to your therapist about. 
And in that moment, I would be crushed because I would feel denied and like dismissed. And it would be something like, well, bitch, I do have my fucking appointment with my therapist right like to go like but i some i just need comfort comfort do you know what i mean and And it's so hard for people to understand that right like it's so hard to understand what someone else needs and that that line like you should go talk to your therapist is more in in my opinion because i've i've heard it from people before um is more fear right because they're so afraid of saying the wrong thing to you at that Mm -hmm. point they don't know what to do. You know, they don't know that they should just listen. And it's also not necessarily a lesson people are out there teaching when it comes to mental health either. You know, you're, you're, you're going to hear it at the beginning and the end of this podcast. You know, should you have any issues, we'll give you a number that you can call, right? It's not that we don't want to listen to you, but we have to be able to help you in some certain way. And I feel as though people get in that mode. You know, it's just like, you know, you're bleeding, call 911, you know, maybe you could fix the bleeding before you call 911 type of a thing. Um, and with, with a friend in mental health crisis, you know, that that definitely leaves for an, an interesting event. It sounds like you've had both extremes happen to you, the extreme friend doing the right thing and the extreme friend that wasn't doing the right thing, let's say. Yeah. And I ended up having conversations. So like there's something else that I always suggest is that when you're in that moment, shit happens, right? And then it's like, when you're feeling better, cause you will feel better. It just might take a hell of a longer time than you expect it to. You need to have, you can't expect someone to have an open, honest, vulnerable conversation with you. If you've never started having that before. And I think it, that's something that might be lacking in a lot of relationships in general. Um, so I end up having conversations after the fact. And I like, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. And I, they, they've said that they're like, I'm so scared. Like, what if I say the wrong thing? And so out of those conversations, actually, I've developed a really great system because I have, uh, when I say tears, I mean, in terms of levels of support. So like, if I need shit to get done, like I have this group of friends that I should go to that should also be in contact with the people that are can sit with the pain. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I am a a little weary of like, so like sometimes if I say like, uh, well, let me back up. There's a difference between passive suicidal ideation and actually having a plan. Passive suicidal ideation is saying like, oh, like I could drive my car off the bridge right now. And it's a fleeting thought, right? Or like, uh, I just don't want to be here. Or it would be so much easier if I wasn't here. Like you don't have necessarily have a plan. And those types of thoughts are way more prevalent than most people know. It's something we can't track because it's not like people, they're not doing a lot of research on it, honestly. So if I say to somebody like, I don't want to be here, or it would just be so easier if I'm not here. If I say it to the, the right group of people, they know. And then that group of people will flat out ask me now. Like, so Nikki has said to me she's like I will listen to you all you want she's she's a psychologist herself in a, in a different field but she's like after that situation she's like I will not hesitate to ask you if you want to kill yourself now and that if you have a plan and she's like if I'm being that honest with you you have to be that honest with me and she's like I do not care what your answer is she's like if it's yes I'm gonna get you help she's like you need more help than I can provide. And so she's like, 
I will go with you to the hospital. I will stay with you at the hospital. But she's like, you need a higher level of support than I'm able to do. And so that's when she said, you know, so it's like, again, with the, like having those open, honest conversations. But if I were to say that to someone else who might not be able to handle that, like it could, it could escalate into a situation that I would not want it to. So in those types of situations, I have the other group of friends who are the doers who could be like, hey, people who are handling the thing, like, what can I do? Like, do you need me to call somebody? Do you need me to go get someone to visit? Those types of things, you know what I mean? Um, so out of that particular incident in 2019, I've developed something called a stop sign group. So during that time, I remember laying in bed, crying my eyes out, holding my phone on my side, and literally writing out, texting out, I'm scared, I need help to five different people and deleting it all at once because I felt so ashamed to say that to somebody, even though I was really close to all these people, I was going to, I, one, I didn't know how they would react Two, I didn't know what they were going to do. And three, I was just like, you are a fucking dumbass right now. Like, like you have no reason to be feeling this way so recognizing that I'm uh, there's uh like five people in that stop sign group where I was like hey guys sorry you're really close to my life um we're calling this the stop sign group and we've all kind of come to an agreement where if it's really ever fucking bad again I will send us I will send a stop sign to this group and then they will take it offline into another group and get shit done and know that someone has to come over. Someone has to help me out. And it eliminates me having to say it and feeling deeply ashamed. That's amazing. That, um, as you're saying this, I'm processing it all through my head and processing people who I've spoken to in, in these types of situations before. And it's, it's such a great thing that I feel like everyone needs a stop sign group. You know, like I need a stop sign group where I don't have to say that, you know, where I, I've never been, I've never been down the road of thinking I wanted to uh, harm myself in any way, shape or form. However, I have been to therapy and I have dealt with my, my own mental health issues. Um, but knowing that one of the hardest parts of it is to pick up the phone and call a friend, even though I know they could be, like you said, any of your best friends, you know, but making that call. And I'm really fortunate to have to have Tracy, who has told me, I can't help you with this. You need to call this person, or you need to call that person, or I want you to call that person. Or maybe once or twice, she's called that person and had them call me because she realized that that's what I needed. But that that idea of just texting the stop sign to a few people, and I'm going to make an assumption, you could tell me if I'm wrong, but if they text that in that group, you all know too that there's some type of problem maybe for them. Like you have that there for each other, correct? Or no? Um, so they don't necessarily need it. <laughs> They're not. They, well, no, they... I think we all need it. Don't, don't say that because I do think we all need people like this. Maybe they don't need the stop sign end of it. You know what I mean? But I think that, remember, when, when we talk about mental health, everyone needs some form of someone, right? Yes. Um, so yeah. maybe it doesn't work that way in that group. And, and I, I, I just made that assumption, but I feel okay. like, I feel like I could text you a stop sign tomorrow and you would be like, I gotta call Pip cause he needs to talk right yes. now. You know, yeah. and I think it, it's just that simple that I didn't know about until now that I'm like, that's really like a take home from this. And that no matter where you are on your journey, that you should 
create some type of a stop sign group, which this actually may be like the name of this podcast. That's why I'm writing it down now, but someone. No, yeah. Like, um, uh, so like they're all collectively, we're all collectively in the same friend group. Um, and then I, I know how to, if I notice something about them, I know how to like individually know how to do that. Okay. With, yeah. Yeah. Yep. With them. So I think um, you, and that's another important thing too, that you said, and, and it's funny before we started recording, Jess told me, she's like, I'll be rambling a lot in this. Just stop me if you need to, but yours, I wasn't going to stop you because your story, you had so much going on in there. Right. But you've developed that, like, Oh, I took a psychology class in college a really long time ago. I didn't pay much attention, but like, it's almost like, like a call and answer, right? That relationship back and forth with your friends where like, you can, you can help them. They can help you. Cause that's what we all should be doing. You know, I feel mm -hmm. like in society, we've gotten too far away from that where it's like, just offer some help, whether you're that blanket friend, whether you're. Um, I want to come over and sleep on your couch, friend, whether you're like, I'm driving you to the hospital right now, friend, you know, you, you need to have those in your life. And I think we all have them. We just have to recognize it better. Maybe that's what I'm getting at in my rambling. No, I mean, I think that's a great point because loneliness is a thing and we all may experience it in varying degrees. Um, but I think like we somehow um, lack sometimes we just lack connection. And for me during those times, it is feeling like a, a deep disconnection. But then I also learned that it's because I kept seeking the connection somewhere else that I was so deeply disconnected with myself. So I have this thing where I say to people, I've, I've gotten a lot better at it. I'm still not the best, but I've gotten better. Um, I used to seek and build out homes in other people. And then therefore I would become so fearful of being abandoned and it would go back to like, oh, I'm always seeking home that I would prematurely abandon myself because I was like, oh, they don't let, don't let them do it. Like, let me do it. And then back to that, back to that high school kind of friendship thing you were talking mm -hmm. about before. And I think I've tried to like end my friendship with Alicia probably 15 times <laughs> by now. She never um, leaves. She just never leaves. I could see that with Alicia. Definitely. We haven't talked her and I, she and I haven't talked in a while, but I could totally see like, she's not leaving. Yeah. She's just like, she's like, are we done with this now? She's like, it's, you know, um, and for, you know, for her, she's, she's been pretty awesome. We've had a, it's been a lot of growing in that area. Um, and now it's like, I've learned home is within myself and that. I get to let people into my home now, you know, that. that is, that's how we should all be. You know what I yeah. mean? Like in reality, when, when you say that, and I'm like, I love that because home is within myself, like, and regardless of who you have, you know, where, where you're at on that life, if you're doing that, you're never going to have that abandonedness, you know, mm. that, that you were talking about feeling. Yeah. I think like, the reason like I kind of put together in therapy and again, I want to like say like to like my therapy experiences are different from your therapy experiences and, and what have you is we kind of, oh God, it was like the worst thing ever. I remember telling Nikki about it and I was like, I'm fucking terrified to do this because we had gotten to a point in therapy where she's like, she's like, do you want to try something? And it was during a particularly rough um, session. And she's like, what if we like, revisited you being like an infant kind of thing because she's like I think what happens 
is she's like, when you were in that orphanage for six months and you were never held, you were never picked up. And anytime you cried, no one came. Biologically, you started learning, no one is coming. So I'm not going to say anything anymore. And I'm not going to like react. And for my, my the, like the majority of my life, I just never said shit. And it, uh, I remember um, the one, the, the first person that ever really saved me was my eighth grade English honors teacher, Lauren Wiley. And um, eighth grade, I was just going through some shit, just probably typical adolescent crap, along with some family stuff. And um, I remember sitting in the corner of my room with a plan to do it. And then I was chicken shit and too scared and couldn't do it. And um, she took an interest in me, got me involved into different communities, like sports and stuff like that. She really took an interest, really cared about me, helped me like, like think about college and stuff. And um, I remember as I got older and I would see her, she's like, are you having an A day or are you having an F day? And, um, and then it would, it would help her figure out like, how does she need to like talk to me that day? And then I lay dormant and then college happened and PhD land happened, which was traumatizing in of itself. And I got like a little bit depressed and that's when it started coming back. But like I started um, making all these connections and then that's when she's like, hey, why don't, we, why don't we try this in the next session? And I told Nikki and I was like, I'm fucking terrified. I'm like, I don't want to go back to that. And she's like, you're not doing anything like meta, like physically. You're just sitting there and you're like thinking about it and she's walking you, guiding you through it. And she's like, it and, could and be you are, you are there with the expert too. That it's a yeah. time you want to go back to that. <laughs> like legitimately, that person really paid attention in their classes, not like me. <laughs> She's like, you could, you know, you could. And so I remember like sitting there and like, this is going to sound like the lamest fucking thing in the world. Like I, I truly, I how you asked me if you could curse like six minutes in and you dropped more <laughs> F-bombs than any other guest I've had. I'm really, tally. like we could do the ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, it was, it, it's honestly when if, if people are listening to this, like they're going to be like, they're, I, I can see the rolled eyes right now. Cause it is, it's, it sounds very foofy. So it was like a seven o'clock appointment. I'm sitting in her office and like, thank God I had the tissues next to me. And she's like, I want you, cause I had to learn how to like self soothe myself again. Cause I never learned that in terms of like the whole abandonment feelings, loneliness, no one cares, whatever. And um, so she's like, oh, let's just like be here and like close your eyes and like think about this and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, now I want you to envision yourself as an adult and you're walking into that orphanage and you see yourself as an infant in the crib and she's wailing and no one's coming. And she's like, then I want you, oh, I'm not going to like start crying again because, but she's just like, and then I want you to envision yourself as your adult self, picking her up, holding her and telling her it's okay that you are feeling this way and that you're there and um and like sitting with it and I remember I'm like sitting there eyes closed as I'm envisioning this and there's just tears coming down my face and um for the for a couple times when I had first learned that technique I had used that um to like self-soothe myself because she was like you need to learn how to do that for yourself but she's like, that does not mean that I want you to negate reaching out to people. She's like, you still need to reach out to people. But she's like, one of my issues were is that if someone didn't get back to me right away, I would also take that as like, okay, they're a bit like a abandoning. Okay. She's like, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you need to do that for yourself while you're waiting for someone to respond because they will respond. It just might, might not be in the time span that you want it. I no longer have to do that because I've been able to, to like to calm myself down, but it was a very empowering experience. And I'm not like obviously just giving the right terminologies and, and talking about it in the right way, but it was so empowering to me. Um and that's where I also am saying, like, I felt disconnected, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, having to go through all my stuff, the, um, which led me to like, oh, great. I was in therapy and I graduated from therapy, probably like 21, at 20, in 2021, I will periodically go back if I get stuck. Um, but I remember thinking like, this is great. I'm done therapy. I did it. And then I was like, some things have happened in the last like year. And I'm like, fuck, this shit doesn't go away. <laughs> it's just that you handle it better. Right. And you grow. Um, and I think sometimes I get still stuck with that. Like there's actually a new issue that I, I've recognized in myself. I like, I've talked to a few people in my life about um, that. I'm like, oh, I think I'm like figuring this out again. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go through this again. And um Nikki has been really great. And she's just like, she said to me, actually, she's like, I, I fear that if you had not gone to therapy the first time, she's like, you would not be here right now because she's like, you have so many more tools now. And she's like, I think you just need one more tool to deal with this specific issue. And and in and, years, uh, you may need another tool for something. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what you're, you're definitely, at least I feel like you're leading to in here is that this, this therapy, yes, you graduated from therapy, right? I, I too graduated from therapy. Uh, Tracy and I, in our, our marriage counseling, we graduated from it. We still went back for some touch-ups and mm-hmm. we, oh, we haven't gone back in a while. I'm not going to, we, we've been, we've been working everything out fairly well together, let's say, but you know, going back, it's, it's not like you failed. It's just that it's just like a touch up or a tune up for your car or an oil change. You know, I can, I can put out every kind of metaphor you could think of. Right. And that's it with mental health. You know, it's the same as making that decision to go to therapy where, or to reach out to a friend or text your stop sign. You know, you're doing that because you want to be better. It's just going to take some time to get there. Um, and everybody's different. Right. And I, I think that's something else you've probably, cause I can imagine with suffer with friends on, uh, social media that you've gotten a lot of different stories and a lot of different people reaching out to you asking a lot of questions I would imagine right yeah that's been like I love raising money don't get me wrong you know what I mean it's great but like I think the more valuable part is hearing people's stories I've had people say to me like I've been hiding my depression anxiety from my spouse for the last 10 years and I finally sat down with them the other night and told them Um, I had, I've had people say like, Hey, my mom and my sibling experienced different degrees of this and I'm a fixer and listening to you saying like, Hey, just be there for them. She was like, I never thought of it like that before. And, and they were so happy that I had gone to them and apologized. And so there, there, there are tons of, there are tons of stories and, um, you know, I say, I say to my friends all the time, I'm like, I don't really think this is like, I don't, I love my friends. I was like, guys, this is want to be your friends with your friends. I want to be friends (laughs) with your friends because they sound pretty cool. So, oh, they're like, I hit the, the, the jackpot, but (laughs) 
I also will say like, I like it's work. Friendships are work in a good way. Do you know what I mean? And like, you have to, you have to like, like, you know, and you can have different tiers of friends and everything. Um, but they say to me that I was like, Oh guys, I'm like, this isn't a thing. It's like this little profile on Instagram that doesn't really do a lot of shit. I just talk about myself and like what I go through and we do these two events and my friend, Kathy, who I love dearly and is fucking amazing. She's, um, almost, I think she's, oh, oh she's going to kill me. She's in, I'm just going to say she's in her sixties. I forget if she just turned 70, but she can like deadlift over 300 pounds. And she's like, amazing. yeah. And she's like, she'll want to like, I feel like sometimes she wants to like shake me. And she's just like, it is a thing, Jess. And she's like, you need to recognize that it's a thing. <laughs> um, and like, I still can't believe that people buy the apparel, honestly. Like, I just like, like this, like, like, yes, like, like, like this old, uh, old shirt, but like, I, um, and, and, and like getting the feedback from people where they're like, um, Hey, I wore your friends. Don't let friends suffer alone apparel. And, uh, like people have come up to me and asked me what it's about and like that they really needed it at that time. And they don't know what it actually means, but it, for them, it's comforting. Um, so, you know, from, and like, from all of this, we've come up with the two events, the one, which is our major summer event, which is why suffer alone. And that was born out of the June, 2019 time where it was like mid July, I was watching TV with Alicia. And I was just like, I think I want to give back. And she's like, all right, like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to, um, I think I want to like hold like a workout or something. And like, we raise money for the American foundation for suicide prevention, because I Googled at one point, I want to die. And the first things that come up are the crisis text line and AFSP, um, like the, the, the then suicide prevention line, which is now 988. And, um, I had it, like, I get into my head because I don't think I'm particularly good. Like, I'm not as big as like 555. I'm not as big as VetWad. I'm not as big as Barbell. I don't think they're, they're not around anymore, but like Barbell's Yep. barbells boobs or whatever um and it's like i'm just i'm like i'm a person of one who gets my friends to, to like help me out with like different things and the way that i like pay them for their time is, is i give them a shirt <laughs> do you know what i mean or i buy and them high ice. fives and high fives and you buy them yeah ice yeah because there's this really great this is a side note in philly there's this really great um local ice cream place called one nine hundred ice cream and so they sell like it's like it's it's amazing if you're you ha like like we go to Philly a lot, so we'll have to hit that up. One nine hundred ice cream. Okay. Yeah, they're in Britain House and in Fishtown and in Ardmore, um, but they're great. So like, I'll go over there and get like six pints of ice cream, and then like when the shirts come in, like I'll just give them the pints of ice cream then, and then I'll give them a shirt later. And they're like, we don't even do it for anything. Like we just love helping out. Um, I'm gonna volunteer so, just for the ice cream. So, <laughs> so uh, I remember I had spoken to Miranda about it and I like, you should have seen the first iteration of this. This was going to be like some crazy ass thing. And she's like, why don't you just keep it super simple? And you just put up a workout. <laughs> and, and then that's when it's like, um, you know, for, for them being so awesome, she was just like, we'll match whatever you raise. And, and, and like, as I reflect on it, I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure what she thought, but I, I was pretty, I expected to maybe raise $500 and that was it. And then like, she emailed me like during that week, that first week, and she's like, where are you at? And I told her, I think I had like just crossed like $4,000 or something. She's like, okay. And then I woke up the next day on Saturday and um, she had posted a video of herself 
in like her bathroom at like You're eleven eight thousand dollars then right <laughs> and then like said like hey like we're gonna put this workout in it's not our workout but really we really support jess and like like she put at the end of it the goal make jess proud and like that morning i woke up to like two thousand dollars more of, of of like things being donated and then like apparel sales and everything uh and we ended up raising nine just a little over nine thousand they matched it we raised eighteen thousand dollars our first initial year um and then i was that, just like that's Whoa. what's gonna happen when you wake up on wednesday morning next week it'll be double <laughs> not the matching i can't guarantee the match oh no 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 probably no. not gonna guarantee the amount of people either no. we get you but we're gonna try that's the goal here we're gonna, we're gonna crush miranda's uh one well, night it was just it was just so like, it was just so crazy. And out of that, I was, I was so floored. And, um, I was like, okay, I guess, I guess this is like, we'll try again next year, you know? And like the year after that was really weird pandemic. Um, but I was really proud, like by ourselves, we raised $11,000, just a little over $11,000. Um, and it started spreading. Like people were like, oh yeah, I remember that we did this last year. I'd love to do it again. And we've, we increased the number of gyms that participated. And I reached out to this one gym. Cause I was like, I have no idea how the hell you found us. And they initially uh, donated, like, I think the first year they donated almost $2,000 from their gym. And it's, um, uh, do, 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 Missouri, all size, um, all, Oh my God, I'm I'm losing. Hold on, I I have to get. I always have to get it right. You've said I so always, many names in this podcast that you can miss one. It's totally no. To well, because I love them so much. Uh, I mean, I love all the gyms, obviously, but it was like I I had um a little bit of a uh um what do you call it uh, a hang not a hang up uh a head up because a lot of the gyms that participate are um are. Like I have friends around the country that will bring yeah, it to yep. the gym. Um, so they're not, they're renamed uh, A2 Fitness in Liberty, Missouri. Um, and I was like, how the hell did you find me? And she's like, oh, she's like, I was just in the street parking tag. Cause she's like, I did it a little bit during the pandemic. And she's like, I saw this. And so they take it upon themselves every summer. Now they like rent out a football field. They have like a DJ um, and they just hold this, yeah, like hold this big there. workout. And I was like, like, I met Matt, you know, Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like, you ever go out there? Cause he's like, that's like an event. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a, a better event than I've thrown in anywhere. So I'm like, that's amazing. And they like, she goes hard, like, uh, like craziness. And then like, we have a lot of CrossFit gyms that do it. Um, so we raised 11,000 2020, we raised over 8,000 for 2021. And then last year we beat our, um, $11,000 for like a couple, a couple hundred over that. So we're almost at $50,000 total for just AFSP. Um, I think we're literally like $800 away from saying $50,000 this year, because it's five years and it's, um, a celebration of the fact that I'm still here. That's kind of the tagline still here. Um, I want to blow it out the water. I don't think it's possible. We'll see. Uh, but I put it for $15,000. Um, and like that includes direct donations. Uh, and then every piece of apparel that we sell, also a portion of it gets donated at the very end of the event as well. Um, so that the apparel stuff is a pre-order. Uh, Lifting Culture, um, which is a South Jersey company, um, Lifting Culture Apparel, some people might know them. Um, they designed it 
and I was really grateful for them. Um, it's pretty. And bad. then I've seen it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, and then yeah, like like. Obviously so what do, what do folks have to do to sign up? While you're you're talking about it all, how am I going to get all these size up people that listen to us every week? Where do they go to size? What do they? Where do they go to sign up? And then what do they yeah. have to do? Because some may be like, I can't do this. I don't work out like crazy Pip and Jess. Like, yeah. Well, we have different variations of the workout. So Miranda Alcaraz from Street Parking programmed it this year, uh, and I just keep yeah, saying it had a street parking feel when I looked at it, and I was like, I wonder who did this programming. I was like. So I mean, she emailed me at the beginning of April and she's like, I told her, she said, do you have any special numbers to like movements? And, um, I'll get like, so I'll repeat this as the workout gets closer, but it's five because five, it's five thrusters because of, um, five years. And then it's uh six, because that was the month in which I wanted, I had those, I had that depressive episode for yeah. June. So, um, so the workout's a 20 minute AMRAP. So 20 Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's 20 AMRAP. minutes. Yeah. You're do five thrusters and six burpees and a hundred meter run. Um, and so the original version, uh, I'll I'll no, don't I'm, even give them that. Just go with this one because then people will be more confused. The original version, she says, How badly do you want people to hurt? <laughs> and I remember sending it to Matt and Nikki, and Matt said no. He's like, literally, he's like, I don't even mean that jokingly. He's like, no one's going to do this workout yeah. because he's like, uh, so a workout, go ahead. a workout like this that you have programmed. Cause I looked at it, like I could go full send for 20 minutes on this workout and I will be a puddle of disgustingness and there will be breaks in my full send, but this is the type of one that I want to do full send. Right. Yes. It's and more manageable, but it still will hurt a lot. Yep. And Lopko, who's one of my friends, um, said to me, I was like, it doesn't look that bad on paper. And he's like, it's always the ones that don't look bad on paper that are terrible. He's like, this is the kind of workout where you'll do a round in 50 seconds and you look up at the clock and you're like, shit, I have 19 minutes left to go. You know, it's 19 minutes and 10 seconds left to go. I'll take 10 seconds. So yeah, it all, yeah. Yeah, it all goes so, quick. So we, where do we like, sign up? Where do we sign so up? You can go to sufferwithfriends.com. Um, and there's, uh, the links are on the page or probably the easiest way is you just go to suffer with friends on Instagram and, um, you click on my link tree and there is a, uh, a link to the actual AFSP site, which is basically your registration. We suggest a $5 donation. Um, so if you complete the workout, donate five bucks, and then there's another link to take you to the shop to pre-order apparel. If you don't- awesome. Don't just be cheap and just do the workout for five bucks. Go get a t-shirt. You need a t-shirt. Well, hey, anything- I'll say, You don't have to say it. I can be the mean guy. That's not my you know, event or my not-for-profit or my raising money. So buy a t-shirt. Don't be cheap. <laughs> it's great. There are tri-blends, um, which is, you know, I, I, I just keep that. Bella canvas all the way. Um, but so, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Now, all this information too is going to be in the show notes. So if you're on our page on Instagram or you're on our page on YouTube, you'll see it all in the in the show notes on where to go to sign up. The only thing we didn't say is the time frame. When do they have to do this by? Yeah, so it's August 18th through the 20th. So you have the entire weekend to do it. Um, if you uh, you know decide to do it and you want to share it on social media, just tag me at Suffer With Friends. Um, use the hashtag Why Suffer Alone 2023. Um, during that weekend, my stories get pretty long because I'm just constantly resharing everybody's uh, stuff. But then I also keep in the keep it in the highlights as well. Um, and it's really just a great event. And I I just ask people, and again, I'll reiterate this as we get closer to the event. 
uh, is to just kind of be mindful. Um, the reason that the workouts are so terrible and they feel like they're never ending is because that's how like depression and anxiety can feel sometimes. Um, but then it does eventually end. And it's like, sometimes I think you, we, you know, there's that whole weather analogy, right? Like it can rain 364 days of the year. And then we know the sun is coming back out and it comes back out on 365. It just took all year to get it to happen. And, um, and some, and that's why, like, you know, with the workouts, it's like, it's terrible, but then it ends. Right. And so, um, it's just like a reminder that like, this is how it can feel groundhog day, groundhog's day over and over and over and over again. And then eventually the light breaks or you see a speck of light and you can, and you know that it might not be better right away. Um, but it's going to start, uh, being better. That is the best way to end that end of this podcast, because you just literally laid it out there that it's always going to be better. It's just going to take some time to get you there. And that's the kind of hope we want everyone to have. That's hopefully listening to this. And I can't thank you enough, Jess. And now we have to do the fun ending too. Unless you yes. have anything else you want to throw in there. You want to name drop anybody else or say a couple more F-bombs so Sebi can do the ting, ting, ting thing. Cause... Oh, no, no, no. It's okay. You know, it's so funny. I remember when we were at camp, I forget who said it. They're like, we had Herbie, the, the family team captain, co-captain. The lady who just keeps cursing around all these little kids yeah. there. Oh, I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying here. <laughs> so. Effing hard not to curse. See all these yeah. kids that I got going on here. Yeah. All right. So the size up 10 is 10 questions. We try to do them rapid fire, but it doesn't always work that way. And sometimes you catch me off guard and I'm like, oh, I didn't think you were going to say that. So it's my fault too, but it's been the goal to move through them. So let's see what we can do here for it. So Jess, beat your mountains. Mountains. Love it. Night out or night in? Night in. A good book or a good movie? Can I say both? Oh, no one said both yet. So you could say both. Yeah, sure. Why not? So I make the rules here. Oh, this is a hard one for you. I think. Maybe not. Cross-country road trip. Who's going to be your co-pilot? Uh, I mean, I just one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I could, I could do that probably like four different times with four different people. Um, we'll just go like, with that then. We'll just go with four different people. You don't have to say yeah, like, anything. I mean, probably like Alicia, Nikki, Andrea. Um, Alicia and I have traveled so much together. That would probably be the easiest. We were actually talking about that this past week because I was like, oh, it's just like we never we, we don't take vacations. Every vacation that we do, we're dying somewhere because we're hiking some like really difficult thing. But that's my version of vacation. Like, don't ask me to go. I said to her, I was like, don't ask me to go on a cruise. Don't ask me to go sit on some beach with you. Like, I, let, let's go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you make your bed every day? I try. That's good. Trying is, is good. Would you take a million dollars right now or go back to when you were 18 with a redo? 18 with a redo. All right. That's fair. Fair enough. Highways or back roads? Which one do you want to go on? Oh, God. Um, I'll say highways. Ooh, really? So you want to hike, but then you want to go the fast route to where you're going. Huh? You want to get yeah. there. That's it. Bucket list place to visit. Uh, so I have this. Um, I actually have this as a goal. When I turn 40, I want to hike Tour de Mont Blanc. Help me out. Help the listeners out. 
Well, uh, that's in Europe. So it's a huge, it's a huge ultra marathon race. I think it's like over a hundred miles. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but uh, I want to do like little chunks of it. And so it's a great, cause like the entire trail goes through like these little towns in Italy, like in all the other countries and everything. So like actually Alicia's going to do that with me when I turn 40, I've told her to start saving up like three years ago. <laughs> so an awesome adventure. All right. Two more questions. Football or football? Um, I love both, but uh, I mean, women's World Cup, football, uh, <laughs> all football. <laughs> Got it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough for that one too. All right, last one, and I think you've probably already answered this, but the best advice you could give to your younger self. Uh, um, it's a little morbid, but you're going to be so glad you didn't kill yourself at 18. That is amazing advice and and for real and for so many people out there that need to hear something like that right now, you know, it doesn't have to be 18. It can be 25, 30, 45, whatever age, you know, you could be so happy with yourself knowing you did not do that because as Jess said, you know, the sun's going to shine one day, right? And that's what we have to keep working for. Yeah. It'll, it's a, it'll just sometimes take a lot longer than you wish it would. That's okay, though, because it's going to happen, right? Just like those workouts. We're going to get to the end of them. Yeah. To the end of this one. So, Jess, I cannot thank you enough for this conversation. This has been a great night. Um, I've realized, though, podcasting at night, my light changes behind me because now it's dark out. I'm used to those more, doing, doing these in the morning, so I'm going to have to work on my studio here. But... Your lighting's great, though. I will say, like oh, me, my... I'm just like in this, like I haven't perfected the lighting thing, and I'm also on a super old MacBook Pro. But, no, just I really appreciate you inviting me we should definitely work out together soon um you know you're just you're 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 always just like a bright like a, i don't even know like a bright light or something like that you know and i just you know i i love who you are and and what you stand for um and just you know just appreciate you as a human and um you know like anyone who might be listening to this who might be having a difficult time whether it be small or something that you think is catastrophic, um, you may reach out to someone and it might be the wrong person. That does not mean it was wrong for you to reach out. You just have to try again. Okay. Again, you're, 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 I can't use that. Can't say that line that I say a lot, but you're just hitting the nail right on the head with so many things because you've lived this right. And, and you know it, I think that's one of the best parts with, with suffer with friends is that you're out there doing it, you know, you're, you're doing it every day. And again, I can't thank you enough. This has been the longest episode of the size up since the reboot, by the way, too. And I have no problems letting you just keep going. Because again, if there's someone out there that need to hear this or is hearing this or is listening, you know, we're just happy and we're here for you. So you can reach out at any time. So Jess, thanks. We're going to, maybe we'll do a recap after the workout. We'll do a quick, uh, a quick live after the workout or something like that, but we'll, we'll definitely revisit uh, Jess and suffer with friends on the size up on another episode for sure. So thank you so much for, for spending some time with us. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to our sponsors as always. And for the size up by National Fire Radio, this is Pip. We'll see you next time. National Fire Radio.